So my name's Chris, and I usually hang out at Anderson on the front porch, our Anderson campus, shaking hands, high-fiving kids, welcoming people. But I have the coolest job on staff. I work as a part of the mobilization team, and literally my job is to work with those of you that want to discover God's heart for the nations, and then uh, for those that want to move overseas, we get to train them in very practical ways and then help them deploy uh, to places and make disciples that make disciples and plant churches that plant churches in places where Jesus' name is not famous. I said I'd never live in College Station. That's where I want to live is in the ends of the earth, but God has me here to prepare more and send more. And uh, it's just an awesome job that I get to do with my team. And uh, so excited to be uh, with you here this morning. So if you've been with us, we've been just kind of ramping up towards grace in the city. And uh, you might remember a couple weeks ago that Blake just kind of finished our time in Matthew uh, with the great commission of saying it is our job, all of us, we own the great commission to make disciples among all nations. So in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, there's kind of an outline of what this is going to look like. And there's both geographical realities to this outline that Jesus shared with his disciples. But then also for us, there's kind of a spheres of influence outline for us as well. And it says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Each of you, if the Holy Spirit lives in you, this is true of you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now again, this is describing the geographical like inclusiveness of the gospel going to the ends of the earth. But for me my, and, and for you, our, our Jerusalem is kind of like reaching people in Bryan College Station where we live, work, and play that look a lot like us, that think a lot like us. And, and our Judea and our Samaria, well, they're, they're the people that are near us. But we've got to cross some boundaries sometimes because they look different than us, maybe ethnically maybe religiously, socioeconomically. And while we build bridges of love to our Jerusalem, we also have to cross boundaries to Judea and Samaria. And then where, where I just, my heart beats is for the ends of the earth, is the places where Jesus' name is not known. And there's still a lot of places where people wake up, they live their whole lives, they, they, they go to bed, they die, and they never hear the name of Jesus. That's, that's where my heart beats for. But church, if we're not reaching our Jerusalem and our Samaria in College Station and Bryan, then then we're not going to export well to the ends of the earth. And so this morning, I just want to commission you with some just real practical encouragement, practical advice, and how do we do it? Like, I know I'm supposed to reach my Jerusalem, my Judea, my Samaria, but how do we do it? And there's going to be enough applications in this uh, little talk that don't try to do them all, okay? So I just give you freedom. Take some notes. You're gonna, I, I think it will empower you and encourage you. But I would challenge you, just grab one or two things to grow, and don't just grow alone. This is a team sport that we're talking about this morning, and we're moving towards commissioning all of you to carry the gospel into your spheres of influence, and to even pray about having a block party in the next month where you would gather your neighbors and begin to get to know them at a higher level, okay? So that's where we're going as we go. So we're going to use a little acronym that uh, just will help us learn how do we reach our neighbors? How do we reach those that are like us and that aren't like us that are right here in Bryan College Station? This acronym is, is we're going to start with the letter A and then spell the word fish underneath it. So if you want to just write A fish vertically in your notes, that'll just give you a good outline of where we're going. And uh, the first is just talk about abiding in Jesus. That quite honestly, that all of this evangelism stuff, all of this sharing the gospel stuff should scare us 
if we're looking to ourselves to accomplish it. You don't have what it takes. I don't have what it takes. We've got to abide in Jesus. Jesus said really clearly this, uh, this as he was talking to his disciples. He says, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. Now, it wasn't too long ago that I was uh, among a people group and uh, we were walking around with little booklets. This is a page out of that booklet. And this is a people group, guys, that our church has supported some workers that have translated the Bible for the first time into this language, okay? In East Asia, this people group is experiencing Jesus for the first time right now. Some of the first believers have just been baptized in this people group and just awesome. And so I got to go there. The way that these workers have relationships with these folks who live up in the mountains is they've given fruit trees. Those of you that put the ag in Aggies, can I get an amen? They, they put fruit trees in every yard of all the people that wanted a fruit tree. And so I don't know much about fruit trees, but I got trained by my buddy and we would go and we'd encounter these people. And so what we did on one trip was we planted peach trees, okay, peach trees, and the roots took root. And then on the next trip, we had these fancy sticks. Now, this is just from our parking lot, okay? This isn't one of them. But the goal was to grow apricots. So we would literally walk house to house up where there's no roads, and we would hike in about 12,000 feet. It was awesome, beautiful. And uh, we would walk up with these sticks, these apricot scions, they're called, I think is the way you pronounce it. And my friend would say to them, like, hey, this stick, can, can it produce fruit? And they would just laugh at him and say, no way, no way. And he said, I want you to watch what happens as we take this stick and we connect it to the roots of your tree. And then we'd scare them to death. We'd ta- I'd take my loppers that I had with me in my backpack and I would just go, whoop, and they would just be like, ah, and I'd cut their tree down. And then I would take the apricot stock and I would graft it into the peach tree roots. And then my next trip back, you know what was happening? An apricot tree was growing out of the peach tree. And it's like, wow, is our God not amazing? And the gospel was understood by them and and needs to be understood by us that we must abide in Christ if we want to make fruit. If you want to be fruitful, the very first step that we cannot skip is we must abide in him. Because apart from him, we can do nothing. Apart from him, we, we can't accomplish that. That when we abide in him, when we spend time with him, when we pray to him, we start seeing the world as he sees it. We start seeing people that he sees. We start loving them with the love that he has gifted us with. And by abiding in him, we can be fruitful. He goes on and just gives an extraordinary promise. He says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Wow. Would you just test God on that one this week? Like abide in him. And just ask him to give you opportunities amongst your neighbors, amongst your workmates, and amongst the people you play with and see what happens. He just promises he'll give you what he asks for if you abide in him. By this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. He goes on and says, you're not alone. But when the helper comes, the Holy Spirit that lives in us, if we're believers, whom I will send you, send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father. He will bear witness about me. 
How cool is it that when we abide in Christ, the Spirit goes before us and bears witness of who Jesus is before us, and you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. Now, as we talk today, do not hear that you have to do this alone. First, you need to do it with others that are around you. This is a team sport. And then God says, I will never leave you or forsake you. I am with you. Abide in me and you will make fruit. We have to tune in to the vine. We have to be part of the life that God gives in order for any of this to be accomplished. Now, that means we do a lot of praying. That means we ask God to work even harder than we work. He wants to see the people in your neighborhood, the people in your workplace, and the people in other spheres of your life come to know him. And can I just show you one thing? This is from a small group that I'm a part of, and you'll see international names on this, and it's okay if your names aren't international. That's just my world. But this is a, we call this big blue in my, in my small group. And we just, we abide in Christ together. We just write the names of our lost friends on a big blue. And then we lay hands on these names and we pray for them and we ask God to move in them. And then you'll see, if you come up close, there's little crosses and stars next to some of the names. And those are people that have come to know Jesus. And I would just ask you, like, abide in Christ alone and abide in Christ in your groups and ask God to move and make you fruitful that you might prove to be his disciples that his spirit would go before you. And I just want to show you what that might look like. This is my friend, Chris. And I, I want you to watch. There's, there's no like awesome jujitsu evangelistic moves that Chris pulls. This is just a normal bus ride where he's abiding in Christ and listen to what God does. So one day I'm sitting on the bus and I remember praying to God, God, please help me to find somebody new and see if they're interested in Jesus. Um, because honestly, like I'm not very good at that and it stresses me out a lot to do that. Um, and so I was asking for his help. And as I was sitting there and praying, an Indian graduate student came up and sat beside me on the bus. And so I was like, oh, well, I guess this is my opportunity. And so I started talking with him. Um, and the conversation like, came back to me and finally I just said, hey, I'm a follower of Jesus. And I love to pray for the needs of those around me. So is there something I can pray for for you? And he didn't really respond the way I thought he would. He just looked at me and he said, wow, like, I'm actually really interested in the Bible and I'd love for somebody to walk me through that. Um, would you want to do that with me? And I was like, heck yeah, I would. And so uh, we got off the bus and we exchanged our numbers and we're planning on reading uh, during the summer. And so like, I did not expect that at all. And so it just goes to show, like, God goes before us, and, like, he's the one who does the work. So how cool is that? Just a regular bus ride, him abiding in God, asking him to go before him, and there comes his new friend that sits next to him, and they've just started reading the stories of the Bible together and working towards uh, Jesus Christ. So it starts with abiding. I know that seems obvious, but sometimes we can forget that one. This is Chris uh, just gathering with some other friends, having a party similar to the one you'll hear about here in just a few minutes. And uh, this is just something cool that happened a while back. He got to baptize one of those guys that he was having dinner with. And just how awesome would it be if God used you in such a way, somebody in your family in such a way, somebody in your small group in such a way that in your swimming pool, you're dunking somebody and welcoming them into the kingdom of God. Just like, how awesome would that be? And it has nothing to do with how incredible you are. It has to do with, are you connected to the root system and how incredible God is? And he will go before you. We need to abide in Jesus and then starting the word fish. We need to find and be fascinated. 
find and be fascinated. We don't need to uh, be fascinating. Sometimes we, we often think that as Christians, we need to learn like these awesome skills and, and be able to just quote scripture and, and almost be the walking commentary that maybe Pastor Blake is. I'm telling you, you have a better opportunity to reach most of your lost friends than anybody on our church staff. And you just need to be fascinated with people. Some scripture from Jesus that we read a few weeks ago says this, when he saw the crowds, now I want you just to stop there. How often do we not even see the guy that sits next to us? How often do we not even see the crowds? May this be true of us that we just see the people that are around us. He had compassion for them. I don't know about you, I can't produce compassion. That comes from my abiding in Christ, that I see people, I have compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Now, church, this is really cool. It's worthy answer to that prayer. From where this was stated, we are on the ends of the earth and I got news for you. The laborers are not few. Look around. And this is just one auditorium of three campuses of our church and multiple churches meeting. Like the laborers are not few in College Station. And we get to go as a part of an army and we can have confidence in that. We're not just 11 scared dudes shaking as Jesus prays this. worthy answer to this prayer. And the people that are helpless and harassed they, they will show us their brokenness, and as we're fascinated with them, as we ask them questions, they'll teach us how to lead them to Jesus. You don't have to be an expert. You can just ask questions. Meet your neighbor, meet your workmate, and just ask questions like, hey, bro, tell me about your tattoo. Everybody likes to talk about their tattoos. That's why, that's why Michael got his tattoo, is he wants to tell the story of his tattoo, right? Ask them. It's a walking billboard to, talk, to get into their lives. Oh, wow, that's an incredible name. I've never heard that name. How did you get that name? What's it mean? Where does that come from? Tell me about your family. Wow, your parents must be so proud that you're studying at Texas A&M University. Talk to me about that. Like, be fascinated with people and end your sentences with question marks. And just listen. And you will be amazed at the doors that God opens for you by being fascinated rather than trying to be the fascinating evangelist Just love people. Ask them good questions and learn to do this. You'll be a better mother, father, friend as you learn to ask questions and listen. And you can just do that regularly in your life. And it loves people so well. Jesus, you might remember uh, this drawing from Blake. How many of you were here this week when he put this up? So this is a drawing to challenge you to meet your neighbors to, to get to know the people that are around you, kind of start with where you live and, and what do you know about your neighbors? Draw your tic-tac-toe board out somewhere where you can revisit it and then just go out and ask God, God, would you help me find my neighbors and be fascinated with them and just find out about them and then just fill out your tic-tac-toe board. What are their names? What do they do? What do they love? What are they, how are they hurting? And just be fascinating. Some of you are like, well, where I live, I'm more connecting where I work and where I, where I study. Okay, Awesome. Do you know the people in the cubicles that are around you? Do you know the guy you share the lab with? Do you know his name? Do you know his family? Do you know what he's struggling with? Just be fascinated and just learn and just enjoy. Whether you're introverted or extroverted, you can do this. Or some of you are like, man, 
I don't know, but I could, I could talk to the guys on my soccer team. For me, I love to run. If you want to run, let's go, you know. Uh, and, and I just see guys, I can talk to guys so much easier over the miles than I can maybe over coffee. And it's just a play to, uh, to work. So Jesus, at one point, says this to his disciples. He, he meets the woman at the well. Now Jesus, the disciples, they, they go off to Samaria and they're buying groceries, Okay, so they're going to this little town in Samaria. And Jesus stays back at this well and he finds this woman that's coming to drink. And he, he lives out what we're talking about. If you want to study how Jesus lived out what we're talking about this morning, look at John chapter 4. But what's fascinating is that the disciples, they just go off to this town and they buy groceries and they come back. And in the meantime, Jesus has met a woman who has, who had, who's had five husbands and now lives with a woman who is not her husband. And Jesus sees her and he's like, this woman has potential to bring an entire town to Jesus. Like, do you see people like that? That's a challenge in and of itself, right? So Jesus interacts with her in a beautiful way. We don't have time to unpack that this morning. But she leaves her bucket there. She's like, forgot she's thirsty. And she runs off to the same town the disciples have just been in buying groceries. And she starts telling people about the Messiah that she's just met. And the disciples come back with their groceries and they just lived their boring lives and they didn't see anybody that was around them. And right about now, all the people that the, women, that the woman is bringing to hear about Jesus, all the people that she found and, was, and, and got them to be fascinated with Jesus are walking and, and Jesus says, do not say there are yet four months, then comes the harvest. Look, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see that the fields are white to harvest. The first step is just doing this. Just opening my stinking eyes and just seeing my neighbors. Seeing the people that I share life with. Seeing the people that I I shop at HEB with. And I would just like to give you 30 seconds right now in your heart of hearts. I'm going to shut up and I would just like you to ask God, God, would you lift my eyes and just help me to see with your eyes, that the fields around me are white unto harvest. Would you just pray that bold prayer right now? Amen. I, I want you to meet another friend. This is Val. And, uh, and I, we're about to send her and her friend Kayla, who's here with us today, to, to East Asia. And uh, this is just how a normal trip to HEB turned into finding someone beautiful. So the easiest way for me to think about finding people is just doing everyday activities like riding the bus and going to the grocery store, but um, taking someone with me and asking God to help open my eyes to see the people around me. And so one time me and a friend went to HEB and we're just going grocery shopping and we just asked God to help us see who's around us. Um, And there was this girl and she was carrying a purse similar to a purse I had bought in another country. And so I just stopped her and asked her about it, and we just started talking and um, just started asking a lot of questions to find out more about her and learn that she's from China and had been in America for four years. And so at this point, a question I love to ask, especially international students, is if they've been invited into an American home before. Um, And like most say, she said no. And so... um, I got her phone number and invited her to come over sometime and she was just amazed that after just meeting her, I would already be inviting her to come over. And so um, a couple weeks later, we got lunch and I took a friend with me and uh, when we got our food, 
um, I prayed over our meal and that is kind of like one of the simplest ways I found to create interest in Jesus and um, open up a way for spiritual conversation. And so um, she asked me after I prayed if I was a Christian, and I said yes, and she shared that she was too. Um, she had only decided to follow Jesus on her own just about a week before. And so I just got to learn all about how God had been drawing her heart to him even years before in China. Um, and she was actually getting baptized at the Chinese church just the following weekend. And so she invited me to come and I got to celebrate with her and the Chinese church and hear her tell her story to the congregation. And um, it was just really cool to see how God gave me that friendship and that opportunity to celebrate how he was already moving in her heart years before she had met me in China. So for Val, it wasn't a sermon. It wasn't like some awesome. She just said, hey, tell me about your purse. So guys, I wouldn't recommend that one at HEB, okay? Unless you're single and you really want to know that woman. Uh, but, uh, but ladies, how hard is it to ask somebody about their purse? And, and just to start a conversation. It's going to sound weirder coming out of your mouth than going into their ears. Especially when it's still rattling around in your head like, oh, that's going to be so stupid when I ask about her purse. Let me just tell you, if you're in H-E-B and you got your purse on, ladies, and some lady says, oh, that's the coolest purse. Tell me about it. Is that that weird? No. That's not that. Just be bold and courageous and just start a conversation. You might have to start 5, 10 before it goes anywhere. I'm not saying that these two stories are going to be your stories this week. But if you start living like this, God is going to go before you. And you're going to start seeing people and finding people. And you can just be fascinated with them and just ask questions. And it's amazing where it takes you. So we start with abiding in Christ. Oh, this is Val and Kayla and just welcoming a new sister, a different gal than we were talking about, into the kingdom. And uh, just a new sister in Christ. And just think if your if you're small group got a text like that, how cool that would be of like, hey, God went before us and we're welcoming a new sister into Christ. Sometimes in my job, I get to feel like I'm living out the book of Acts. Like this should be common, church. And we can do it. We can do this. God will go before us if we open our eyes and we find people and we take advantage of the opportunities to be fascinated and love people well. So we want to abide in Jesus. Get, get real energy, real, real life and see the world how Jesus sees it. We want to find and be fascinated. And then we also want to gauge and create interest. Now, some of us, we, we need a little help being bold. And some of us, we need a little help being loving. Right? Probably more of us need help on this side, knowing our church's culture a little bit. Okay? But if you're just bold, you are annoying. Okay? You're that neighbor. You're giving all evangelicals a bad name. You're, you're that guy that doesn't really care about people, but you're going to preach at them. Don't be that. But if you're just loving and you stay at this stage of like, my neighbors know me and know I care and I'm really loving, that's confusing. And you are holding back from them the treasure that is yours in Jesus Christ that will never be deplenished. If you give it away, it's always fuller. And give it away, it's always fuller. And we need to be both loving and bold. And I think this next step can help us with that. Jesus, when he sent out the disciples, he told them to go and find houses of peace. People who were actually interested in that God had prepared beforehand to hear the message of Jesus. 
And, and he ta- if you look at Jesus' life, his miracles, his stories, the way he prayed for people, those were ways of just building their interest towards more and more interest in Jesus. And so we want to gauge how interested people are, and we also want to create interest. And there's a couple ways that we can do that. And these are just super practical. Again, we want you to actually do these things. Don't just listen, but we want you to, to, to just be, be underwhelmed, if you will, by how you could do some of these things and what God could do through them, okay? So as we're gauging and creating interest, there's three main ways I want to talk about this morning, all right? The first one is just prayer. How, for, for like lots of relationships, I have just put my hand on people and just said, hey, can I, can I pray for you? Like you just told me your dad got diagnosed with cancer. Man, these next few weeks are going to be really tough. I, I would love to just pray for you and ask God to give you the endurance and the wisdom that you're going to need as you walk through a lot of major decisions over the next few weeks. Or, wow, man, thanks for trusting me with that story about your kids. I tell you what, my family, we're, gonna, we're just going to pray for your son and daughter by name at our dinner table tonight. And I'd love to just check in with you and see what God does because I'm praying for you. I had a friend, Ajay, a, few, a while back that was my neighbor. And Ajay would come out occasionally and shoot some baskets with us. And it was pretty obvious basketball wasn't a thing in his country by the way he shot baskets. But we loved him. And, um, and uh, but... Ajay would get really anxious about tests because his scholarship was wrapped up in how well he did on, in, in his grades. And so I just started telling Ajay, hey, can I pray for you about that test? Can I pray that your anxiety, God will take your anxiety away? And, and Ajay was it's a little bit awkward at first, but he received it. And we prayed and I told him I was going to pray in Jesus' name. And then I, I would tell him like, hey, we're going to pray as a family around our dinner table for you tonight. And I'd come back and, hey, Jay, how was the test? Oh, God gave me peace, he would say. And then it turned into a couple times he would either knock or he would come out and shoot a few jump shots to just mention that he had a test coming up and to ask me if I could pray because he knew that Jesus would calm his anxiety. And Ajay, a Hindu that at first didn't want anything to do with Christianity or Jesus, started realizing, wow, there's something about this Jesus guy, and I'm starting to get interested in who he is. So I just encourage you, we can pray, right? And you don't even, if you're like, I don't know about that praying out loud stuff, then just tell your neighbor you're going to pray for him, and then like, hey, could I text you later and just see what God does? Like, have an expectancy to your prayers. The next one is Jesus stories. If only we had a Savior that modeled how to tell a good story, Right? Jesus told incredible stories to get people interested in the kingdom of God, to describe this beautiful life of being kingdom citizens that we are. And I would just encourage you like, to have lines like, oh, that reminds me of the story that Jesus told, and just tell a story. Like, if you tell somebody the story of the prodigal son, like, you will be, they will lean in. That's, that's a story. You don't realize how powerful that story is, maybe, if you've grown up in the church because you've heard it your whole life. But if you tell an adult that story for the first time, they're like, wow, I want to know the father that runs to his rebellious son and puts his arms around him and kisses him and welcomes him home with a party. Like, I'm now interested. That's different than the God that I thought you were talking to me about. Or if you say like, oh, that reminds me. Jesus once said that the kingdom of God is like a man who was out in the field and he he finds this treasure. And he goes back and joyfully sells everything that he has so he can buy that field. 
Do you, do you have anything in your life that's kind of worth everything? Like, that's a conversation starter right there that Jesus gave us. So, again, it's going to sound weirder coming out of your mouth than going into your ears, but you have to trust me that it's a beautiful thing and it works. These stories of Jesus are incredible introductions to the God of the universe and to the kingdom of God. And I just encourage you, tell stories. The last one is one that nobody can argue with. It's your story. And I would just encourage you, tell your story and practice telling your story in such a way that it's accessible to others. Don't use Christianese language that only Pastor Blake would understand. Use language that your friend on the golf course would understand. And and help it be accessible and tell your story in such a way that people can understand your walk with Jesus. So this is my friend Jen, and she's going to illustrate what this looks like. And it's going to feel a little weird with Jen standing on stage in a dress with a microphone. I want you to picture you're across, you're at Sweet Eugene's where God moves, right? And you're, you're across from the table with her, and you got a cup of coffee in your hands, and you're listening to her, a friend, tell you this story. Yeah, so often I'll share this story with people who tell me they kind of feel depressed or they're going through a hard time. Um, So yeah, I would just say, can I share just a hard time that I went through in my life? And um, then they usually say yes. And so um, growing up, my family on the outside looked like a very normal American family. But on the inside, there was a lot of stress and tension. And as I got to high school, I didn't quite know how to handle that. And so... um, I would, you know, try to achieve success in sports or in school, things like that. Tried to find satisfaction um, in other ways that weren't great choices, and I ended up just feeling more and more depressed. And so, um, my sophomore year in high school, there were these girls in my English class, and they were really different. And I didn't know what was up with them. They had a lot of hope and joy and peace, and um, I kept thinking, how does that happen? Um, so I'd watch them. They invite me to hang out, and I think I don't really understand this, but I thought, you know, I think they're this way because they do a lot of really good things. Um, they make really great choices. They, you know, do all the right stuff. So I'm going to try that. So for six months, I tried to make all the right choices, do really good things, and actually ended up more miserable than I was when I started. Um, and so I was like, well, that did not work. That's obviously not the answer. And a couple months later, a kind of significant life event happened, and it left me feeling more um, hopeless and more depressed. And I shared this with some other friends at a slumber party. And that night they told me, well, God loves you, like, unconditionally. And Jesus has um, paid the price for all the wrong things you've done. If you put your faith in him, like, you can have this same hope. And so that night I chose to do that and woke up the next morning with that same hope and joy and peace that um, I had seen in those girls in my English class. And been walking with Jesus for 15 years. And he has continued to give me that same joy and hope and peace. Um, can I share more with you about who Jesus is? So. All right. I would encourage you, just practice telling your story. And you know who you practice with? You practice with your family, your roommates, your spouse. Because imagine if the Aggies never practiced. I don't think Kyle Field would be quite as packed. And so pray for needs in your own family Tell Jesus stories to the believers that you know and share your story at your dinner table. My 11-year-old daughter's right here and if I share with her my story and I don't do a good job, she doesn't have any problem letting me know that it's not a good job. And and that's what I want, right? Because I can practice in my family so that when it's game time, I'm ready. I'm like, I'm ready to throw that pass. Like, God, here we go. I'm gonna tell my story. And, and, And some of us, we were saved as a little kid 
Like, don't start your story with, I grew up in a Christian home. Because that, that's already unapproachable. But I say, I grew up and I, I had a spiritual leader as a father who's sitting right here. And it wasn't until I got into college that I really began to understand who Jesus was. That in college, I went through a season of doubts and, and I investigated Islam and Hinduism and all these different religions, but it wasn't until I understood that Jesus was different that it really clicked with me that, that my life didn't need to just be performing out of spiritual habits, but really understand the grace of Jesus, that he didn't just say, here's a set of rules for you to get to heaven. He came to me and he died. You hear that? I won't keep going. Jen did a better job than me. But just make your story accessible and just practice. And what happens when you practice is you model that for your kids and then they go to fifth grade and eighth grade and they can tell their story. And it can just be a safe place for you to gain confidence at your own dinner table. How many of you think, wow, my dinner table might be a little easier than my neighbor's living room, right? We can practice in those places and really enjoy. So we want to... uh, We want to abide in Jesus, find and be fascinated, see with God's eyes, love with God's heart, gauge and create interest, see where people are, but then we need to actually share the gospel. And if you'll give me uh, the privilege of doing this, I just want to encourage you by how I share the gospel sometimes. There's really three ways that I see. This is a picture of uh, the bridge illustration. Some of you have seen that where like the little stick figure man's on one side and God's on the other side. And I'd encourage you to Google the bridge illustration. That might be a way you love to share the gospel. I share the gospel that way even more than this way, but it takes a little longer. So I'm going to model a different way this morning. That's a gal that came to Christ through that. But uh, here's a couple verses that I'd encourage you to memorize. John, Romans 6.23 and John 5.24. And if you only go for one, then go for Romans 6.23. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Like just memorizing one verse, you can share the gospel. And uh, here's the three ways that I would encourage you to learn to share the gospel. The bridge is, if you like to really be exact, the bridge is something that you might love. If you're like, I need something easy to remember and easy to draw, three circles, which we'll do here in just a minute. Or if you're like, I need like a script. I need a booklet that's gonna help me. That I'd encourage you, our our friends at Crew have just blessed us with knowing God personally. People all over the world have come to know Jesus through the four spiritual laws. And, And I just encourage you, look up one of these and become, just become at least capable of sharing the gospel in one of these three ways. If it's the most beautiful story in your life, it's worth practicing a little bit, okay? So this is what three circles looks like. I literally start by just writing out for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is Eternal life in Jesus Christ, our Lord. And I just say, hey, usually how I start this is, hey, can I draw for you a picture and just share with you one verse that changed my life? And I write this verse out, and I just, I just say, like, hey, I draw the first circle, and I write brokenness right in the middle of that. And I just say, hey, I I think you and I would both agree we live in a broken world. There are things like ISIS and war. There are things like the orphan epidemic. 
There are people that live today without food or water that they need. And this world's a pretty broken place. And, and I'm a pretty broken person. Like, even though I want to be a good husband, there's days when I yell at my kids or yell at my wife and I argue. I see people that try to get away from brokenness with addictions that only make them even more broken. We live in a broken world. But, you see, God's original design, he doesn't want us to live in brokenness. He, asks, he wants us to live in his perfect design. But what took us from God's perfect design, a place where people loved and wasn't broken, a place that we can, almost can't even imagine where relationships were whole and where the earth was not marked by evil, what took us from God's perfect design to brokenness was that we started doing things outside of God's perfect design and we did things our own way and we tried to take shortcuts and sin. And we did things in a different way than God's perfect design and that's what broke our world. And so right now, we live in brokenness, but God didn't want that to stay. And so he provided his son, Jesus Christ. And Jesus is God that came down to earth. And, and he lived a life that I can't live. He, he didn't live a broken life full of sin. He actually modeled what a perfect and beautiful life looked like. And, and he died on the cross for my sin. And so the wages of sin, death, he, he took my death. He took your death when he came. And he died on the cross, a death he didn't deserve, but that I deserved. And he took the wages of my sin, and they are no more. And then the most incredible thing was that he defeated brokenness. He defeated death, and, and he gave us a way to return to God's perfect design. He gave us a way out of brokenness because he rose from the dead. And if we simply receive this free gift of Jesus Christ, if we receive that, then, then God says that that's the path back to his perfect design. But God doesn't stop there. He, he says, you can grow in your love for me and grow and to begin to look more and more like my perfect design. And as you're doing that, I command you to go back into brokenness and tell more people about what my son has done for you. Now, like there's two people in this world. There's people that live in brokenness and people that have received the free gift of Christ and have eternal life and are on their way to God's perfect design once again. Now, can I tell you, like, that seems really complicated, and like, wow, that was, like, wait, I learned this in 10 minutes from a guy named Jeff and had to do it at McDonald's 10 minutes later, and it wasn't that hard. So if you just drew that out, I would encourage you to practice it, and you can Google it, and you can, I just used some simpler words than what's on, on some of the videos online, but I'd encourage you, how many of you think you could do that with some practice? Yeah, the hands are up. We can share the gospel, folks, and we can do it in a way that creates a conversation and not a bloody nose, okay? So that's sharing, sharing the gospel and just would encourage you uh, to continue uh, to share with those that are around you. And uh, you can use uh, these two verses, John, Romans 6.23 
in John 5.24. If you'd like, what I love about John 5.24 is the part that says, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. And so I just say to people, you've now heard it. Do you believe it? Because believing is like receiving that gift is what is going to allow you to move from death to life. So we want to abide in Jesus. That's the most important step. If you're not doing that, start there. We want to awaken, see our neighbors, see our workmates, see the people that are around us and find them and be fascinated. And then we want to just start telling stories, praying for people, create interest, and then maybe share the gospel like this with them. Just, just share it. Hey, can I share a picture that changed my life? Again, weirder coming out than going in. And then finally, some people are going to have barriers and you just need to help them with their barriers. Some people, it's going to raise different questions and they're just not going to immediately, some people are going to immediately believe and others, they're just going to be like, wow, I still have a lot of questions. And what's really cool is you can invite them into environments like this where they can see people worship and they can hear the word taught. You can invite them into small groups. You can talk with your pastors and staff to answer questions that you need help with. And you can even invite them into communities of believers where you together can answer their stories. This next story is, is Mark and Luann Dotzer, and we just had dessert at their house with a whole group of unbelievers and a group of believers. And some of our fr- unbelieving friends that had lots of questions sat down with, with Mark, and his story answered one of my good friend's questions. I want you to listen to this story, and I want you to think, could I do this in my backyard? Could I do this at my house? Could I do this in my, my workplace or with my team that I play with? This is Mark and Luann's story. Earlier this year, we had an opportunity to have a Matthew party at our home, and we did this with another couple and invited friends, both believing and non-believing friends, and we also invited those folks to bring along a friend that they had that they thought might enjoy the evening. So we made desserts, and we had coffee and tea, and we just allowed people to come and start visiting with each other. It was just fun to watch as people that didn't know each other just mingled around our home having over coffee and um, dessert and just began to visit with each other. It's really fun to watch how the Holy Spirit can work. I found myself in a conversation with a young man I had never met before who wasn't a believer. And uh, within a matter of minutes or so, I'm suddenly sharing my testimony with how I met Christ and how Christ has changed my life since then and I could tell he was really interested to know more about that and then when it was over uh, he actually thanked me for sharing such a personal story with him. It was fun to watch other people too, um, the non-believing people talking to each other, the believers talking to each other. One of the fun things that happened that evening that I really loved was the fact that one young woman who is a new believer shared that the, it was the first, she was sitting there talking to some folks and her husband said about how much her new faith meant to him and what he was learning from that. And she said, that was the first time I'd ever heard that. So it was neat to see how God brought together conversations with people that really meant something to them and brought life. It was really a lot of fun to have a Matthew party. I hope you get an opportunity to do the same thing. So Mark and Luann just like you and I, they're underwhelming people that were just obedient and God moved before them and did some awesome things. 
So I want to encourage you that if like today, just kind of lit your fire a little bit on June 10th, we're going to have a training over the same A-F-I-S-H stuff where you can, we, we can practice together. We can model that together and we can, if you want to even go out and prayer walk in, in your neighborhood or in a different part of the city and we just encourage you on June 10th, you'll see information in the bulletin next week, but you can mark that down. If you want to grow in this area, uh, we promise we'll, we'll just make it accessible to you and help you make your next step, not your 10-mile step, okay? And uh, we'd love to just empower you uh, to take more steps to, to loving and sharing uh, your neighbor, with your neighbors. So Jesus said something incredible at the end of his life. Like the God, the God that if I thought this story up, I, I don't know if I would have said this. But he said to people like us, he said, as the Father sent me, so I am sending you. And that's his desire. And he even said something incredible to his disciples. He said, you will do even greater things than I. And I guarantee his disciples heard that with as much skepticism as you hear it right now. But it's not about who you are. It's about how incredible he is and that he will go before you, church. And, and Jesus is sending us as he was sent with the Holy Spirit with the word of God, with friends that are around us, and he will go before us. And I think more than a skill problem or a courage problem, we might have a belief problem that God could use you over these next weeks to reach your neighbors, your workmates, the people you play with. Like that might be the biggest hurdle for some of us to get over. Is that me? Me? Yeah, because God's that awesome. He's that powerful. He's that in love with the people that you're going to share life with this week. And so I'd I'd ask uh, just right now, there's two things that I want you to raise your hand about, okay? The first one is just how many of you, like you heard something this morning and you're like, I'm going to apply that. I'm going to go for praying for my friends, having a spiritual conversation, or even the gospel with somebody around me. Like you would just say like, wow, I got at least one thing I'm going to try to live out as I walk out of here. Awesome. Awesome. That's really encouraging. The next one is I would like to ask you, and maybe you need to talk with your spouse, but if you're at least interested in getting some information, getting some resources about how to do a block party or how to do an apartment party, if you live in apartments like me, uh, with people around you, if you want just information or resources, ideas of how to do that, would you uh, just raise your hand and just say, man, I I would love for the church to pray for me. and, And there's a table right outside that you can sign up that will give you resources on how to do a block party. How many of you would just say, I'm willing to think about that. I'm willing to go for that possibly, and I need some more time. Awesome, I see those hands. And so I would like for all of us as a testimony that the priesthood of all believers is empowered to fulfill the great commission to stand right now. And I would like to pray over all of you that this game is not a game like the NBA where we watch the professionals play. This is a game where we are all empowered. We all have the spirit of, Jesus, of, of God inside of us and we are all called to own the Great Commission joyfully and without burden. And I'd just like to pray a commissioning prayer over you right now. Father, take what we have learned and communicate it into action this week, God. I pray that as we go through our Monday through Saturday that you would transform our eyes, our heart, even our voices, to love and be bold. Would you help us to abide in you, to be filled with courage and energy from you, 
uh, to see the people that are around us, to tell stories, to even share the gospel this week, God. Would you give us opportunities to do that? And may we see people come into the kingdom and help us just to be loving about helping others through their barriers. But God, we as a church, we touch so many parts of life in this Bryan College Station area. From hospitals, to businesses, to the university, to the colleges, to, to schools, to our families, to our blocks. God, we, we can't imagine the impact that could be had as you go before us. Help us to, to see that you are a God that will do more than we ask or imagine right now and empower us as we go. We know that you are better. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's not go out and be this and try to do this on our own accord. Let's abide in Christ. And I just want to encourage you uh, to uh, pray about having a block party. Start there. Just get to know your neighbors. Do something you love. Grill some slabs of meat. Texans love meat, right? Let's do it. Find some people at another campus of grace or this campus or even people from other churches and invite them to do it with you so that you have courage. And I would encourage you, sign up for the block parties right out there if you're interested. It's not like you're committing. And uh, we got some resources for you to think about. And then the other thing that we have set up today is if you're like, whoa, man, he pushed me way too far. I, 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 I. We got something for you, okay? All right? We, if you're like the kind of guy that's like, man, just give me some cans of food to love people and put on shelves. Man, I, or if you want to connect with our partners in such a way, you're just like, I'm surrounded by Christians and I need a way to meet non-Christians. If that's you, awesome. Right outside are some of our community partners that we love. Pregnancy centers, food pantries, mentoring groups, all of those things. And we want you to take your time, please, walking past, meet some people, engage them. And we just encourage you, uh, sign up for a block party, connect with some of our community partners and learn about the opportunities. Let's reach our Jerusalem, our Judea, and Samaria. There is no reason because of who is in this room that people in our community should not know the love and the message of Jesus Christ. Let's go and make it so.